Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio. Located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. Good evening and welcome. Welcome to Hagman. It's the Hagman Report, where truth can't be silenced. Websites to the truth include HagmanReportLive.com and HagmanReport.com. I want to thank you. Uh, Right now, uh, audio only, and um, I just want to thank each and every one of you for um, your support, your just the outpouring of support that that we've received here. I've received. um, It's humbling, to say the least. And... um, which leads me into kind of a, a larger discussion. I also want to apologize for, uh, you know, the last 19 days just have been uh, absolutely incredible, busy. Um, it's like blurred, okay? Um, just by the numbers, just so you know, taking a proactive approach at things. Since Sunday, the 30th day of June, I have engaged spoke with, dialogue with, in contact with eight police officers or detectives in three different departments covering three different jurisdictions. I've spoken with two district attorneys or their representatives in two counties within Northwest Pennsylvania, three judges within the Court of Common Pleas in two different counties, which would be um, the level of Supreme Court in New York um, and whatever, you know, at whatever judicial uh, level would be at the state court level in your state or in the case of Louisiana, your parish. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just been a really, really difficult time. All right. So I want to apologize because uh, it seems like, wow, you know, just just when I thought, OK, ready to get back. You know, and then bam, um, not quite with it. Uh, Sunday night, as I mentioned yesterday, Sunday night after uh, just a tremendous meeting with the Patreon members, I, uh, well, my mind was willing, my body wasn't as I walked out the door. And um, so I ended up really in two days of bed rest, which. Apparently, the body needs sleep at some point. And uh, so that was like, um, wow. Okay, so. But I'm going to apologize because uh, uh, it seems like, it seems like, uh, you know, you're expecting a a, a really a a finished work product. And I wanted to, believe me, Eric and I and everyone here want to deliver that product to you. And it seems like I've been just not given that uh, work product, but Peter Barry Chalka has been doing a great job. Everyone would agree. And by the way, if you haven't seen or read his latest at Hagman Report, it was published or posted about uh, 10, 11 hours ago, maybe 12 hours ago. Go to HagmanReport.com and take a look at his article. Read his article and do me a favor. If you have social networking, retweet it, tweet it, tweak it, or not tweak it, but tweet it, post it. The title is the roots of AOC's Green New Deal, the SDS communism and control. Now, the backstory behind this. And next week, I'm going to be getting into some very interesting areas because you see the new media, members of the new media, 
members of the establishment media. You want to know a secret? Many are not your friends. Now you say, well, wait a minute, new media? That includes platforms like, you know, people who tell the truth. Yeah, but you know what? There are certain places that aren't interested in the backstory behind communism, behind where we're really to explain where we are today. And by the way, in that article, there are pictures that he himself had taken. And if you think about this, to be present for periods of, of history, um, pretty interesting. There's the one up there. If you're watching this, there's a picture right there, Tom Hayden. Jerry Brown, and you know his history behind Jerry, uh, with Jerry Brown, but Tom Hayden and then uh, Jane Fonda. And uh, really, the, uh, uh, the, the power elite at that time in California. So if you're wondering where we, how we got here today, yeah, this article is required reading. And I'll tell you something, I would love it if everyone made it go viral because this explains pretty much where we're at and why we are where we're at. And you may say, well, we know this, we know that, we, we got it. No, no, no. To the, you might have it. You Believe me, I know if you're listening to this broadcast, I know you have it, but I can guarantee you your neighbor next door or the one down the street or your coworker, they don't know. So it's mandatory reading in my view, mandatory passing along in my view. And he cut this down 500 words and I, I said, man, you know, we need 500 more. But he did that for, uh, you know, people have this tendency not to want to read anymore, just like they don't want to write in cursive anymore, just like they can't really pay attention beyond 240 characters anymore. Don't let, don't let that stop. Don't fall into that limitation, please. Um. But but again, my apologies, uh, be, because I had a whole. I mean, Eric and I and others, we had an entire uh, how we were going to roll out July was just it was amazing. And part of the rollout for July includes something I'm going to tell you about right now. You know, folks, the news with Epstein, the pet pedophile stuff about Epstein. You know about Pizzagate. My goodness, Pizzagate. And I started to mention this yesterday. I'm, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm, I'm excited to the extent that I can kind of talk as if you and I are family, as if we're sitting at the, at the table here. But as I came out, as I mentioned yesterday, I, 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 as I came out of my two-day coma, I, I caught the last 20 minutes of the movie JFK by Oliver Stone. Now, again, I'm no fan of Oliver Stone by any means, but I'm a fan of the late Jim Garrison. I'm also a fan of John Barber, who's a very well-known Hollywood celebrity, the host of the TV show Real People that aired on NBC from April 18th, 1979 to July 4th, 1984. And we've had Mr. Barber. Mr. Barber was also a good friend of Jim Garrison, I should add, and has his files, the Garrison files. And Mr. Barber has been a guest on this show a few times, including his interview with my good friend Peter Barry Chalka. But when you look at that last 20 minutes of, of uh, JFK, 
And again, I was, you know, just, wow. It, I just happened upon that. And, and uh, I watched it, and it brought a lot of memories back. And I'm thinking, okay, look at the tactics they used against Jim Garrison. I'm going to toss some things out here. Because next, on my, in my den, I've got a picture of myself with Joe Arpaio. And uh, I mean, there's one of Mike Zullo and, and others. But look at the intent, what they did to Jim Garrison, what they, the establishment media and the people behind the powers did to Jim Garrison. Their intent was and has been and continues to be to marginalize anyone who dares reveal or dares to dig deep into corruption into the globalist elitists. I mean, look at Hillary Clinton walking free. Where's the justice there? I may be getting to that with Coach Dave here momentarily. And by the way, at the top of the hour, Steve Quayle is going to join me along with Mike Adams. And that's, if you want to stay for that, great. I hope you do. Uh, you're certainly going to want to stay for uh, the, uh, the conversation I have with uh, uh, Coach Dave. But we, we look at Jim Garrison, what they did to him. Now, he ended up being a judge and such, but with respect to the JFK assassination. But here's the intent here. The intent has been, continues to be, to marginalize me, this broadcast, and others, to make me, especially if I'm going to talk about this as a platform and me, to make me and my platform so toxic that no one with any sense or self-respect would ever want to be a guest on this show. And again, I, I urge you, look at what they did to Jim Garrison. Look at the, what they did to Senator Joe McCarthy back in the 50s. If you want, if that's too back, far back for you, how about, remember Congressman Kurt Weldon of Able Danger fame? Look at what they did to Sheriff Joe Arpaio. How about Mike Zullo and Carl Gallops, both of whom have been on this program? And I can almost hear them in the background saying, hey, you give up yet? You Have you had enough? And when they can't shut you up and they try to shut you down, how many times, how many instances of this have we seen in the past year alone? We could talk about Laura Loomer. We could talk about Faith Goldie and Alex Jones and Infowars. Of course, of course, that's evident. But there are many, many more. And when that doesn't work, they take other steps. Now, I'm just tossing this out there. What about Andrew Breitbart? Is anything about that just not really set well with you, his death. Maybe it was, you know, maybe a cigar is just a cigar in that case. I don't know. But it begs the question, right? You've got to ask the question. How about Michael Hastings and others? Some have been on this program. You know, <laughs> it's tiresome. It becomes tiresome to fight the constant lawfare, the characterization as conspiracy kooks and charges of racism and bigotries. I said yesterday, labeling as activist Coach Dave Dobmeyer, who happened, as I mentioned again yesterday, a favorite punching bag of Soros-funded sites like right-wing watch. And as I also referenced yesterday, Pizzagate, just the mere utterance of that word is going to get you banned in about everywhere. And, uh, you know, you can't have a conversation about that, which brings me to Epstein and the headlines there. And of course, Kevin Spacey, I think it was yesterday or uh, whenever it was, uh, charges were dropped against Kevin Spacey. There's a backstory there to take a look at, but I, I digress. But look at, look at Epstein. Look at all of the things that are happening there.
Very interesting. All right, so that brings me to what I was going to roll out at the beginning of the month, and uh, I, I got uh, way late. Folks, I want to tell you about something that I'm pretty excited about. We are working, myself, Eric the Tech, and others are working in the field, as well as other investigators, along with uh, Russ Dizdar and his team of investigators working in the field to combat what? Child, human, and human sex trafficking. It exists. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. It exists. You can read the Rolling Stone magazine all day long, and and yeah, kid in the cage. Well, they're just playing around. It could be to hell with the fact that it was authenticated by one police agency as being real and not a game. No one wants to hear that. But we are fighting, investigating, and fighting child sex trafficking. Think back to Pizzagate. Think back to think back to the emails. I'm not going to go through all that. So we all came up. Well, Eric the Tech and myself and others came up with the idea. Okay, how, how do we how do we keep that going? How do we keep that fresh? Well, in in doing so, what do you know? If you involve patriots and revolutionaries and even detectives. What do they have in common? I got to tell you, we all drink coffee, right? So I'm excited to announce this. We just came out with a coffee line, the Hagman uh, coffee line. Yeah, I know. I, oh, stop. I know. I know. I look like Orville Redenbacher in that label, okay? Or uh, Hank Hill from, uh, what is that? Uh, King of the Hill. I don't know. Don't make fun of me. So here's the deal. All right. Um, I, I have a favorite coffee. I'm not going to tell you what kind it is. Well, I can tell you what kind it is now. It's Detective's Choice. But I had, uh, I had tasted this coffee, and I really, really liked it. This one particular brand, not brand, but it was actually a, a private roasted blend thing. So I had it sit out, and I had it uh, analyzed. and Okay. So they came back with type of bean and uh, the uh, roasting, uh, how they how it was roasted and everything. So <laughs> I, I asked, I found a roaster, I found a company, um, actually Best Day Ever Coffee, who actually uh, found the or had the roaster create this special blend. And it took five or six times to get it right. I mean, throughout the year, this past several months. Bottom line is this. There's three types of coffee. The first one is my go-to. That's Detective's Choice Coffee. All right. Here are the qualities that I was looking for in my private reserve. It's extreme caffeine. That's right. I need it. Yet it's smooth and velvety. It's got kind of a velvety taste and texture to it with just a hint of cocoa and just the slightest hint and aftertaste of cherry blossoms. What am I? What do you think I am? Some wuss? No. It just takes the bitterness away. This coffee is a great force multiplier for interviews or interrogations or long stakeouts, or if you're the parents of teenagers, <laughs> believe me, or if you got kids, yeah. This, by the way, is my go-to custom blend that I drink every day. That's right, it's got, it's got extra caffeine in it. Well, that's the way it is. And uh, if you go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link in the upper right-hand corner, it'll take you to each selection. Yes, it's expensive, but here is the reason why we're doing it. The proceeds, a very significant amount of proceeds, 
from your purchase of this coffee, all three blends are being used to fight child trafficking. This is what, look, this coffee will fuel us to get the job done. The funds, the proceeds will fuel the coffers of the people out there with boots on the ground to investigate and rescue child victims. And believe me, there's already been a difference. You can just ask Russ Dizdar. So there's three types of coffee. This is not a commercial. This is an explanation. Three types. You got your detective's choice, your revolution blend, because, hey, you want a revolution? You say you want a revolution? Remember that? That's uh, kind of an entire, the first one is a uh, kind of a dark roast, extra dark roast, I should say, but smooth and velvety with extra caffeine. The Patriots, or the Revolution Blend, it's kind of an Italian-style coffee, you know, heavy body, smooth, bold, a hint of cocoa flavor kind of thing. It, it's got lower acidity than other Italian brand, uh, blends, and believe me, I have tasted these coffees many, many, many times, and I've rejected 95% of what I tasted. So what you're getting is the 5% that I said, yeah, okay, this meets my specs. And finally, the Patriot Blend. That's right. All, but the proceeds from all three go to um, the fight against child trafficking. Because, folks, we're in the fight of our lives right now. We are in the fight of our lives. And at the core of this is actually uh, the evil, sacrificial evil of... Uh, of these monsters out there. Now, to transition, you know, the talk about equal justice, and, I, I, and I've got a lot to say about justice. Justice comes only to those who demand it. You can't expect justice to fall in your lap. You can't expect justice to just appear before your eyes. We know we talk about our system of justice. We don't have a system of justice in this country at the moment. And frankly, it hacks me off. I'm about ready to, I'm about ready to do battle, because right now, justice—you can't find justice. It's not under the couch. It's not behind the. It's not behind the television set. You have to work for it. You have to demand it. One guy, one team of, of people. EqualJusticeTour.com. You might say, oh, I've heard of this before. Okay. You're going to talk about this again? Okay, well, I'm going to change now. No, listen to me. <clears throat> the equal justice is bigger. The, the concept is bigger than most people realize. The target, the, I don't want to use the word target. Oh, my goodness, that'll trigger so many people. The subject, the exhibit A of inequal, unequal justice is Hillary Clinton. How in the hell could, could she do what she had done with respect to the servers, with respect to Benghazi, just to name two events, and be walking free. I'm looking at someone here. Actually, I'm looking at eight different individuals here in my own case, three of which I'm really focused upon. In a, in a microcosm of the, of the Clinton aspect, and I'm saying, How? How is it possible with all of the evidence that these people are walking free today? Where is the justice? The answer I found is if you want justice, you've got to work for it. You've got to demand it. It shouldn't be that way, right? 
but you're not going to get it without raising your voice, without standing up, without driving somewhere, without saying, without writing a letter, without signing a petition, without making a phone call, without putting some skin in the game. You're not going to get justice by asking for it. You got to demand it. And you got to put something on the line. You got to put some skin in the game. And that's what I found on a personal level. And I guarantee, doggone to you, even more on the national level. One guy I took lessons from is Coach Dave Dobmeyer. I think he's with me now. I asked him to come on to give an update of what's going on. Coach, you there? I'm here, Doug, and want you to know that uh, you're you're constantly in our prayers, brother, for everything that you've been through. And, uh, uh, you know, the fact that you came down with that, with that sickness, brother, that's like I always told everybody after my football season was over, when the season was over, had an unbelievable physical letdown, and uh, I'm not surprised that you got you, that you came down a little bit sick. We know that Joe's always on your heart. And we know those are, uh, we know the the burden that you bear, and just want you to know that uh, we're doing all we can to lift up your arm, brother. Well, I appreciate that. You know, yeah, it was just kind of a, I guess, you know, the body's willing or the uh, the mind's willing, body just kind of gives out for a little bit, and uh, you just got. Yep. Yeah, you know, although you say, and I agree with you, you can sleep when you're dead. Sometimes we get we must nap a tad uh, to, to refresh our bodies. But but yeah, you know, it's uh, it's yeah. Um, but but coach, you've been really kicking some butt on on the Equal Justice Tour and asking for or demanding justice. Can you update? Because I've been getting emails saying, "What's so? What's going on? Where are we at with with Equal Justice Tour? And what happened in Chappaqua over the July Fourth holiday that I so wanted to attend? But nonetheless, what happened during that time? You know, Doug, it's uh, it's amazing because I've told a lot of people that uh, to get as much traction as we got without your support, and of course, you were wrapped up in the whole the uh, whole thing that you've been under the last couple of weeks. So we, we didn't feel bad that you couldn't be there. We understood, but I thought, man, we're trying to, God, we don't, you're, you've been our only mouthpiece, uh, Doug. Although, uh, you know, I was on with, uh, I was on with Dave Hodges the other night. We've had some other platforms and now they're finally starting to pick it up and understand what's going on. But we tried to pull this off this last time with really, we didn't know Doug. And I got to tell you this, this event that we held over uh, July, July 6th, the July 6th and 7th weekend, Brother, I believe it was more effective than the one that, that we held the weekend before that. We had we had just as many people, probably in the neighborhood of uh, 60, 65 people. We had some vehicles again. But this time, Doug, we uh, we did more than just uh, stand out on a street corner and hold signs and bark. We actually put some uh, some legal ease to our to our uh, actions. We uh, we filed 30, about 30, 28 or 30 different citizen affidavits. By the way, it's all available on our website, equaljusticetour.com. You can see the affidavits. You can see it. It's all there. We had uh, 28 or 30, I can't remember the exact number, uh, citizens, sworn affidavits with a notary came. We hired a notary. He came. We signed the affidavits, and we went and we presented these sworn affidavits, charges against Hillary Clinton, and we presented them, number one, to the Newcastle police. I get kind of messed up sometimes, Doug. Is it the Newcastle police or the Chappaqua? Whatever. She, Hillary lives in the town of Chappaqua. Right. About 1,200 people. And the Newcastle, I think, is a police. So uh, Matt um, Siskavich and Mark Trump and Alan Hoyle 
Uh, they stayed around on Monday. We had this thing. We did this on, on, on Sunday. We went to the police in Chappaqua at first, presented these citizen affidavits. The videos are on our website as well. On Monday, then, see, here's what we're trying to find out, Doug. Will somebody please claim jurisdiction here? Everybody, There, there it is. Yeah. It's, you've run into that in exactly what you've been gone yep. through, I'm sure. Yep. For the Newcastle police, they don't want to take. So we went to the Newcastle police and we presented the affidavits. We went to the state police in New York. An unusual circumstance, Doug. I found this out. New York no longer has a sheriff. That's not that they somehow the state legislature has done away with the people's sheriff, which I thought every I thought every county in America had that, but they don't. And uh, so they've done away with that. So we had to go to the state police. And we presented it to the state police. And then we also, again, Matt uh, Siskavich and Mark Trump and Alan Hoyle took these and actually went to the FBI, the state. So we went to the locals, we went to the state, and we went to the feds, and we presented our evidence. It was really unique because when they went to the FBI, they presented to the FBI the FBI's own evidence. Right. Their own evidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did somebody do something about that? And uh, uh, surprisingly, they all, uh, they didn't poo-poo it. Uh, the, the Newcastle police said they never had anything like this happen before. They didn't know what the, what the next step was. Uh, the state police were very, very interested in it. But, uh, and, and the FBI, you know, you said laugh all you want to. They, they took it, Doug. They, yeah. they took it, right? Well, because, it, it, and, you know, Coach, I don't, don't mean to interrupt, but folks, look, you, every citizen out there has the ability to file a private criminal complaint. It, it varies upon or within the jurisdiction. But if you feel that you're the victim, and we all are the victim of the, treason, the treasonous activity of Clinton, in my view, uh, so it's well-founded based on the evidence that Comey gave, so you can actually file a private criminal complaint with your jurisdiction, as coach you have done. So, you, three three different jurisdictions. You, you had the municipal, yeah, I came and talk, the local level, and then the county level, I should say, right? Or this, I'm sorry, local, state, and then federal is what you did. Okay, go ahead. And what they what we believe that they're going to do, we, we they told us that they would get back to us within uh, 14 days. That will be. Monday is the day that we're going to expect for them to get back to us. Uh, and because by, by law, Doug, they have to respond to us, right? They do. I mean, they have, to, they have to tell us what what are they going to do here. And we we suspect that they're all going to pass the buck, right? To, that the that locals are going to say, well, well you know, it's a federal thing. We yep. don't really – I say, listen, I don't care if it's a federal or not. It took place at 15 Old House Lane in Newcastle. It is in your ju jurisdiction. We went to the state. The state is doing the same thing, although one of the state uh, uh, people who got back to us who we've spoken with said, uh, man, they're very, very interested in it, but they need a state statute, something that, you know, so we're digging through trying to find all that. And the FBI, believe it or not, took us very, very seriously. They took, they took the affidavits. And again, when we presented the evidence to them, Doug, it was their own evidence. It was the evidence they had dug up, right? Wow. And so we're just, okay, here's the crime. We know there are crimes. What are you guys going to do about it? So we started. We're working our way up the food chain. Uh, we will find out on, on Monday probably we're going to hear back or we're going to begin to make phone calls. And then once we uh, hear back from them, Doug, then we're going to formulate a secondary plan of how we proceed from there because we just cannot permit Newcastle to say, gee, 
not our jurisdiction. We just can't let the state say, not our jurisdiction. How do the people ever get justice if we, the people, have nobody to turn to for the justice? As you said, we all know she is walking the streets as a felon. Yes. James Comey told us she is. And you're telling me that there's nobody with a jurisdiction to be able to, to arrest her. So we're just going to continue up that food chain, Doug, and, and see, uh, ch chase that. It's like an old coon dog, man. We're going to chase that coon as far as we can and see exactly where it leads us. And I love that because, you know, people will talk, they'll, they'll, they'll moan, they'll whine, they'll complain, they'll say, well, you know, how come she's out? And I run into this on, on a personal level, okay, where – it's not enough to say, to ask the question anymore, well, how is that person walking free given the, given the amount of evidence that uh, you have, you meaning the jurisdiction, uh, whether it's local or state or, or federal, um, somebody has got to step in and, and say, no, this, this is wrong. And we yeah. must take our justice system back because I believe that the justice system is part of our, a keystone of our, of our nation and and you know it's being trampled on and and to to have this woman go out and uh you know dance at a what was it a u2 concert or whatever right. you know band that's uh has been um you know with with her uh beard huma I, I look i don't know but but for her to 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 give us the proverbial middle finger mm -hmm. uh, that's that's not right so it is duck yeah. Do, do you do you think where do you think I don't I don't mean, I don't mean to put you in the corner but where do you do you think the uh, local uh, department will uh, do you know at least give you, uh, can, I, you can I go ahead can I here's what I think this is now this is just on anecdotal evidence I have no evidence of this but this is really what I believe Doug having been now to to Chappaqua three different times having interacted with the police three different times. This is my takeaway. There are many people within that Newcastle Police Department. There are many people within the city of Chappaqua who believe that the Clintons have hijacked their community. They believe that, Doug. And how, however that's happened, whether it's been pressure from the Clintons, whether it's been whoever, you can, you can see how that would happen, right? A small sure. town police department has the pre former president of the United States living in it and the demands of the feds and, the, and, and of the Secret Service and all that. And there are a lot of people in that community who are upset about that, including, I believe, members of those who are working for the police department. And uh, I don't have anything other than anecdotal evidence. You look a guy in the eye, you ask him a question, you, you read their body language. I think, uh, Doug, that uh, they resent, many of them support the Clintons, but many of them resent the fact that that small community they once had is not really under their, their control anymore. It's under the control of the Clintons and, and those people surround them. So we were encouraged by that. And we found again this time when we went to, <clears throat> we went out on the streets in two different towns, Doug. We went to Elmsford, New York. And then we, I can't, wish I could remember the other one. We went to Walmart. So we stand out in front of Walmart's. And Doug, horns, it sounds like a parade, people honking horns. And we're holding signs, uh, probe Hillary, indict Hillary, uh, equal justice for all people, get it. And they're honking their horns. And I think that a lot of this stuff that they've told us about all the support that, they, that the Clintons have, I, I think, brother, it's really, been, it's really been overblown. But I feel a real urgency, Doug, for everyone to understand this, that I picked this up because, to me, 
It's a righteous cause. This is not a political cause. This is not a I hate the Clintons cause. It's not a, has nothing to do with that. I happened to turn to, as uh, as the sh- program started today to Isaiah chapter fifty nine. It says this, Doug. It said, "Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save; neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separate, separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear." Think about that, Doug. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue has muttered perverseness. Listen to chapter, uh, verse 4. None calleth for justice. Is that something, Doug? Wow. None calleth for justice. And so as a Christian man, I thought it was important in obedience to to my faith, to what I believe the Lord would have to call me to do, that I went and called for justice. And other people are doing it. And Doug, we, this equal justice tour that we have, we called it the tour because this is just the beginning. We have other people, we have other issues in our sites, but we need the support of the Hagman audience, the yes. Hagman listeners. You are the, you're the folks. Now listen, folks, some of you can give time, some of you can give talent, some of you can give finances. We already have a group out on the, <clears throat> excuse me, out on the West Coast, believe it, out in California, who's picked up the idea of the Equal Justice Tour, and they're going to begin to petition people at Disneyland, if you can believe that. We have a group that's getting ready, Equal Justice Tour, getting ready in the Branson area to begin to stand up, because people innately understand, as you as you said, Doug, we have a legal system, but we don't have a justice system. And we all, we all know deep in our heart that there is a different set of justice for those who are in positions of authority and a different set of justice for people who are not in authority. We see it in our churches. We see it in our schools. We see it in our local uh, <clears throat> governments. We see it in our local police departments. We see it every place that we look. And we know that this displeases the Lord. How do I know that? Because in Isaiah, it tells us that the Lord saw that there was no justice. It displeased the Lord that there was no justice. So for me, it's a righteous call. My children are going to live in a land that I leave them, the, my grandchildren in particular. And, Doug, we can't survive yes. as, as a nation if we have unequal justice in this land. No, we can't. And I have a feeling um, um, the West Coast Disneyland, I, I mean, Hillary's going to need uh, more than a ride on Magic Mountain, um, <laughs> although she's probably had that with Huma. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, I'm excited about this. Daffy Duck ain't going to save her, is he? Daffy Duck ain't going to. No, ain't going to happen. And you see, to me, there's no, there's no clear exhibit. At least this is my view. If you were, if I think if you were to ask the average person, and I don't like that term because I don't think anyone's average, especially people listening to this program. And you're, you're. But by the way, my guest is Coach Dave Dobmeyer, PT Salt, uh, uh, CoachDaveLive.com, Pastor Salt Ministries. That's CoachDaveLive.com. Be sure to join the huddle every morning at 7 o'clock. I got to tell you, it's just a refreshing, uh, uh, just refreshing. But nonetheless, um, I I think really the biggest example of the injustices and the unequal justice today is Hillary Clinton. If if you were to ask the average person out there, again, you know, I I think, give me an example of, of unequal justice. Well, Clinton, Hillary. Uh, even Bill, to some extent, for for his uh, stuff that he's done with the uh, Clinton Foundation, is, and even Chelsea, for crying out loud. But, but focusing back on Hillary, if we can win or prevail, and we're not asking for anything special. We're asking for the laws to be enforced, right? That's it. 
Isn't that right? I mean, we're just it's just so simple. Again, folks, James Comey. I could. It's the videos on our website. You can go to the <clears throat> go listen to James Comey. He told you at least three felonies that she committed. Yeah. He said, and then he said what? No reasonable prosecutor. Well, we're looking for an unreasonable prosecutor. There you go. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that no reason. What you tell me that someone commits a felony in the in the, one of the highest offices in the land commits a felony and no one will do anything about it. That she walks the streets as a felon, not a convicted felon. Because did did you know this, Doug? Until we showed up at Chappaqua. And we presented those uh, those affidavits, those notarized signed affidavits that Hillary Clinton had never been charged with a crime in any jurisdiction in America. Did you know that, Doug? Yes, so. I, I did. And, and in fact, never been at that level has never been investigated, which in order to being to have her charged, you have to have an investigation. Well, when you have criminal activity taking place within your jurisdiction, it is your sworn duty to investigate and then take it up the chain for adjudication. But, Doug, I know that what you just went through with, with your son, had you not pushed, Doug, some of the stuff would have just been swept under the under the rug, right, Doug? Yes, yes. If, if you hadn't been, done your citizen's duty and your fatherly duty and pushed the right buttons and demanded this and demanded that, uh, you would— the truth would never have come out about that, right? So here we are, folks. Are we a, are we a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, or not? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. And Doug, if I could direct people to our website again, equaljusticetour.com. Doug, we have the affid the sworn affidavits. It's it's a copy of it's put right in, folks. You could right now, you could download that affidavit off of our website, you could personalize it, put your name in it, and you could go to your local <laughs> police and you could file charges against Hillary Clinton. Will anything happen? I don't know. But what if this happened in in a uh, in hundred cities around America? There you the go. People sworn affidavits and went to the local police department and filed this affidavit against Hillary Clinton. That we have to continue to we the people demand the justice. That's all there, Doug. We have a, we have a, um, a phone call uh, procedure right on our on our uh, website of people you can call. We pre we've created a, a script they can read when they call. Uh, all of this we've got to folks. <clears throat> you I, you just can't wait for Doug Hagman to do it. Now you don't, just can't. Don't don't make me come to your house and and pick up the phone for you. I'm I ain't yeah. dialing your numbers the numbers for you. Sorry. If, if, I, no, I'm Doug. I, I, Thank God for the Hagman listening audience, but we have got to move them into some type of action. And we have that on our website. And also, if you're a Facebook fan, just do Equal Justice Tour. Just go to Facebook and type in Equal Justice Tour and look at the amount of evidence and videos that we have proving our case. We have a felon walking the streets like she owns the streets and nobody gives a rip. Well, I care, doesn't I care, and I, I believe the Lord cares, right? I believe the Lord cares. You know, exactly. And I, you know what, Coach? I think just over the last 19 days, just experiencing what I've experienced, and again, I'm not trying to exploit this or whatever, but just knowing what I know, I can guarantee you we can change things if we push, but we've got to push. 
and we've got to say we got to stand up and say, look, we demand this. We demand justice, not not special justice, but equal justice. We demand it, and it's your yes. job, Mister Police Officer, Mister ADA or DA, to enforce the law, and that's all we want. And then we'll it's, because we're not going the, away. It's a malfeasance or misfeasance in office if they do not. Yes. And down the roads, that's one of the places that we are going to head. We are going to hold our local officials. Remember James Carville told us all politics is local? Well, we're going to hold – we we have a sheriff for a reason, do we not? We have a mayor for a reason, do we not? Is the mayor here merely to sign uh, – uh, uh, edicts coming down from on, on high, or is he here to represent the people? We're going to continue to go up this food chain and demand our local officials do their job, or we are, <clears throat> excuse me, going to hold them to an account. We're going to hold them to account. This That's is right. your job. Do your stinking job. It shouldn't be that hard. No, and I th look, I think you and uh, your, the entire group there, I am just so proud and, and so humbled to be actually in your presence, in the presence of the people there. And the, the people who are responding to this, um, I'm, I'm humbled to be in their presence as well, because I do hope, listening to this, folks, please be proactive, because without your proactivity, this is... Uh, you know, what else are you going to do? What are we going to leave our children, as you said, our grandchildren? What kind of uh, sewage system for a legal system, uh, for a justice system, are we going to leave our kids? And we've got to make this right before before we expire, you know, before our expiration date. And I think we can, and I think you're doing it. You know? yeah, they, can go right to, they can go right to our website and, and see where it says fan, uh, phone campaign. And right there, right now, there is a phone script that you – we give you a list of, of, of uh, elected officials that you can call, and we give you the script to read. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> we, How hard is this, right? Exactly. And, and, and you know, Matt said something when he was on uh, not too long ago. That uh, that really, this is how the left operates. This is the Alinsky tactics. Uh, we're just using. You're just using that, uh, and they get things done. They get responses. So why not? Hey, it's tried and true and tested, and let's do it, man. The other side can do it. We can do it. You know, the scripture says to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, or gentle as a dove. Well. I could never figure that one out. I said, Lord, why wise is a serpent? I mean, I don't think as a snake is being wise to you, Doug. I think of a fox or a wolf or, or my grandpa, but I don't think of a serpent. Wise is a serpent and harmless as a dove. And I just pondered on it. I said, I got it, man. We got to look at the way that snake operates in this natural world. and We got to mimic it now, but we got to be harmless. We, we, can't, we can't do it to harm people. We have to do it in a righteous way. But look at how he operates. Why don't we take those 13 rules for radicals that Saul Alinsky has, uh, came up with that has destroyed America? Why don't we take those same techniques and apply them for good? Why don't we make phone calls? Why don't we do Saul Alinsky rule 13, which says pick the target, freeze it, isolate it? Yeah. And, Doug, so that that's you know, if we want to win, brother, that's what we're going to have to do. We have two we have two choices: we can fight or we can not fight. We can uh, we can stay in our prayer closets and pray, or we can stand up, get in our prayer closets, and then come out and go do something, so that the Lord can bless our actions. We are right now. Uh, this is a scary question. I think maybe I asked this the last time I was on with with you, Doug. Is uh, who follows Trump? 
I said on my show today, um, mm. I've this, uh, uh, what, 20 years ago, I went back 20 years ago, Doug. That would be what, uh, 1999? Is that 20 years ago? I said, no, who was, I'll, I'll who was, go with that, yeah. Who was president of the United States in 1999? Bubba. Uh, Bubba. Bubba was, wasn't it? I said, so 20 years from now will be 2039. So who will be president in 2039? And then I said this, think how quick those 20 years between Bubba and today went and how quickly the next 20 are going to go. Oh, man. How much time do we really have to make a difference? Doug Hagman and Coach Dave make a difference for our grandchildren. That's that's motivates me every day when I get up, Doug. Yep. Because I'm, you know, 20 years. Do I have 20 years left? I don't. However long I got, uh, my my little grandson David, my little namesake, he's going to live in the country that I leave him. You know, that's really, if if everyone listening to this would just take a moment and look at your children or your grandchildren and, and just consider their future for a moment um, and consider your own legacy because that little grandchild is going to grow up and, and perhaps ask the question, what did you do or what did grandpa do or grandma or dad do during this most critical time? And if the answer is nothing, okay. You know, are you folks listening to this? Are you okay with that? I'm not. You got to do something. And you mapped and it out. Not to act is to act, right? That's what uh, uh, that's what uh, somebody a lot wiser than me said. For that's us right. to know to do good, not to do it. To us, to us, it is sin. So, uh, Doug, listen. I want people to know this. Uh, we're just getting started. There you go. We're just getting started. This is not a this is not a shot one time shot in the dark thing. That's why we called it the Equal Justice Tour, and we found out again how fifty of us can cause havoc, brother. We, and, and uh, we, I love uh, that because fifty, fifty people can you and folks can you imagine if it was five hundred? But a mere fifty people can change the course of this country, and I don't think that's an overstatement. I think what you've already done. Has um, I know it's got the attention of Hillary. I do know that. I know it's got the attention of the Trump administration. I, I can verify that. Uh, there's people watching, but you know what? It's folks don't watch. Get on board here and let, let's let's make changes because it's well. You problem. know, the big problem, Doug, has been as usual the discouragement we get from those who are supposed to be on our side. Who oh, tells us, oh, you're wasting your time. You're not going to get anywhere with that. Uh, uh, the Clintons are going to come and kill you. I said, well, I so need what? to die from the Clintons or from cancer. What the, I mean, you know, something's going to kill me here at some point. I'm not interested in it being at this weekend, to be perfectly honest with you. But <laughs> Yeah, I got, pl I got plans too, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not my hands, right? I don't, I don't have any control of that. But I do have control in what I can do today to try to make – uh, a better future for our children and our grandchildren is two systems of justice that we now have, Doug. Yes. Well, I feel like I'm being repetitive and redundant. Well, I think, uh, you know, it's to some extent, Coach, I think that people need that. And I get I get people complaining, well, it's, yeah, I've heard this before, it's repetitive. No, you know what? It, it, oh, so take the repetition and use it to your advantage because it's kind of like being in school. The more you hear it, the more you understand it and the more it sinks in. And there's got to be some soak time, um, you know, mental soak time in my view, where people have to kind of comprehend what's going on. And I think that's what's taking place right now. And I think this next event, and I look, I folks, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what Coach Dave's got planned and his team have planned because I've been out of the loop, but I can guarantee you whatever it is. I mean, I've been hearing rumblings 
and I think it's going to be pretty big. I don't know any more than other than West Coast Disneyland, Magic Mountain, you know, kind of thing, or that you want to. Well, I mean, it is, brother, it is what it is, right? I'm an old football coach, Doug. So you make out your game plan, right? Right. So I, I got our game plan and we're going to, we're going to run off tackle because we think we can do it. We're going to double down and kick out and lead our fullback through there. And we're going to, we're going to run off tackle and we get in the game and we do that three series in a row. And we realize uh, that ain't working. <laughs> you know what happens then, Doug? The guy uh, sitting up in the stands, he starts yelling, hey, run your other play. <laughs> Yeah. Well, right. yeah. So you adjust, don't you? You adjust. Edge, so, exactly. Yes. So we've run, we've run a couple of plays here. We're watching how they react and how they adjust, and we will adjust our attack accordingly. But, folks, we're in this for the long haul. Jesus himself said that no one builds a house, gets halfway through it, and realizes it was a little bit more of a price than he was willing to pay. And I can tell you this that those of us who are in the leadership of this thing and those of us who showed up in Chappaqua, we are not stopping, brother. We are not stopping. We don't know what the next move is, but we could sure love, I can tell you this, 500 is better than 50, 5,000 is better than 500. And if those, uh, if the people in the Hagman audience would catch the vision and understand what we can do, not just with, with Chappaqua, not just with Hillary, but overall how we can begin to one step at a time reclaim our government the same way we lost it one step at a time someone has to organize something and move forward with it and doug that's what we're trying to do and i'm going to tell you this yeah i know that i know that you would agree with this there are very few christians in america who are doing what we're doing i exactly and to me that's heartbreaking i I got an email saying um um as i'm doing what i'm doing here out of necessity because of the time factor um is uh, this Christian, self-proclaimed Christian saying, well, what you need to do is you need to turn it all over to God and just pray. Yeah. And, and I responded back. I said, you know what? I can pass the ammunition. I can carry a, you know, whatever, a sidearm. I could uh, breach uh, doors and pray at the same time. I'll pray while I'm doing all of that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the problem is, in my view, um, not to get too far off topic here, but but the bottom line is this: if you're a Christian out there, and if you're just saying, "Well, I'm just going to turn it over to to, to prayer," and, and and to me that's cowardice. That to me that's you're not. I I understand what you're saying, but you don't have to limit your. I, I mean, my goodness, uh, prayer without works is dead. So get out David, there and start David working. Grabbed David grabbed that slingshot. He grabbed his stone. He slung it, and the Holy Spirit directed it, brother. Right. We got we we got to sling some stones if you understand the uh, the metaphor that I'm using, right? We've got to give the Lord something to operate with. We have to He said that if you speak into this mountain and say that be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart that you're going to receive whatsoever you say. But Doug, sometimes you got to get a shovel and dig out that mountain. Sometimes you got to get some dynamite and blow it out of it. He said it will be removed, but you're going to have to do something. I'm here to help you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Let's go together in this. Let's reestablish justice. It's going to be hard, boys. It is going to be hard. It's going to be a long time. It's going to take us a while to get there, but I am with you. Let's go get the job done. But see, we want the McDonald's Jesus, right? Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special orders, 
others don't upset us. That's the Jesus we want. Pull up now, say a prayer, we win, it's over. I go back home and sit in my chair. Sadly, brother, that isn't that isn't uh, the way it works. And we know this, that the left talked about, openly spoke about when the 60s, their long march through the institutions. Do you remember that, Doug? Oh, yes. Yes. Long through the institution. And they marched while we prayed. Well, brother, we got to begin to march as well. Coach, I want to thank you. Um, I, I know it was just a short notice to ask you to jump on here uh, tonight uh, to talk about this, but I know that people are so interested now. And I, and I think you've given them the... If you don't act now, folks, if you, if you listen to Coach Dave and if you're not, if you don't go to equaljusticestore.com and, and at least start making some calls, sign some petitions, do, uh, download the affidavit, file them, whatever you need to do. If, if we don't do this now, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Then I'm, 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 I don't know what to tell you, but we need to do it. We need hey, to do it. I'd like to hang my audience just to do me one thing. Please don't send me any emails telling me I'm wasting my time. Okay, please don't send me any of those. If you think I'm wasting my time, praise the Lord. Let me waste it however I want to. Amen. I'm looking for people out there who will encourage us to move forward and fight the good fight of faith. That's what we're doing. And we need more of you on board. We want, we, Doug, all across America, we can win with 50 people, with pockets of 50 in Nebraska and pockets of 50 in Louisiana, pockets of 50 in Cleveland and pockets of 50 down in North Carolina, pockets of 50 out on the left coast. We can win. And we are in the process of trying to organize people to do exactly what we're talking about. This is not hard, brother. We just, it's just going to take us uh, getting organized and getting out and doing it. Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, CoachDaveLive.com, actually my role model, my uh, tactician for my own personal uh, quest for justice. And I look at him and uh, I, uh, I, I take my, my uh, place from him in his playbook and in his tactics and, and his resolve. And uh, I would urge everyone to go to EqualJusticeTour.com. Coach late Dave, yeah, CoachDaveLive.com is Coach's website, and be supportive, but also be active. Coach, is there anything else in the closing thirty seconds or so you got? No, Doug. I just again, uh, I, pr- I appreciate you being giving us this platform. I, pr- I know your heart's with us, brother. I've told this of all the people out there with shows and all that kind of stuff. You have been all in from the very get go, and we would not be where we are w- without you. But folks, listen. If you love uh, Doug Hagman and you love the Hagman Report and you love this nation and you love what's going on, we ask you please to support our efforts. Go and sign our petition. Just go to our website to see the many things that you can do there and, and encourage and inform others. Share it with others. Share our Facebook page, Equal Justice Tour. There's unbelievable stuff on there, Doug. This is an information war. It's going to take us a while to win. I'm in for the long haul. You're in for the long haul. And we need others to come alongside of us. Amen, brother. And again, thank you so much for your gracious gift of time, Coach Dave Dobmeyer. I really appreciate it. God bless you, my friend, and you take care of yourself. You too, Doug. God bless right. you, man. All right. My best to your lovely wife as well and, and everyone around you. Folks, that was Coach Dave Dobmeyer, CoachDaveLive.com. I mean, let me tell you something. Coach is, again, my role model for the tactical approach to getting things done. You know, I as a football coach, can you, I'll tell you what, I would not want to be the opposing coach going up against coach Dave Dobmeyer because I I could just in my head envision him on the field. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 And grabbing face masks and saying, 
get in the game, boy. And uh, smacking, you know, look, it, it's a con we're in a contact sport. This is a contact sport. I'm telling you right now, what we're in is, you know, people are so, but look, <clears throat> you got the four horsewomen of the apocalypse, okay, headed by the brainless uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Ilian Omar. Uh, seriously? I mean, behind, the within the Capitol building, dressed in subservient garb, that's not religious garb. Talib, uh, Rashid Talib, you know, dressed Western like, but uh, Ilhan Omar, you know, the brother marrying uh, Muslim in Congress for the Somalian, dressed in subservient slave garb. Oh man, am I going to get the emails now? Did I hit? Did I strike a nerve? I hope so. The four horsewomen of the apocalypse. By the way, you heard Coach Dave Dobmeyer reference the long march, right? Well, check out Peter Barry Chaco's article. He references the long march and where it started, when it started, and who started it. Well, why do I need to know that? Because you need to know. You need to know the tactics. You need to know the other side's plays. You need to know who is behind all of this. But are you telling me, as you sit there, and if you watch the 6 o'clock news or whatever news, or if you look at the various videos, are you okay? Are you okay with the four horsewomen of the apocalypse standing in our U.S. House of Representatives? One in Muslim garb? One flapping her gums that, you know, well, what, did she forget how to make an apple teeny? And the other one, what, did you lose your brother, the, birth, or the marriage certificate to your brother? Oh, I could go on. Just like Coach Dave Dobmeyer, I looked at a, uh, a assistant DA in the eyes, and he said to me, man, you sure did a lot you, you sure made a you sure made a lot of people nervous and i looked at him and i said you know what i've only just begun and i would urge that everyone we've only just begun gonna be right back Now, this hour, so special to me because I've got my great my great friend, Steve Quayle, the, one of the best friends I've got on the entire planet, Steve Quayle. And, and he's got a, a legend. I, I'm telling you, this guy's a legend, Mike Adams. Uh, you, you know him. You know him. And I, I heard him just a little bit during the break. And, and uh, basically, I'm going to just tell you this, okay? Um, from the last... Uh, hour to the, to this hour, I'm going to let you let everyone out there know we are just getting started, and I don't that that applies that applies on many different levels. But someone just getting started, of course, is Steve Quayle and Mike Adams, and the focus right now, and I'm going to let Steve take it is 
we got Branson coming up, Branson, Missouri, the conference in Branson. I want to tell you, folks, if you don't go, I mean, look, if you are not plugged into that, to, to be there is to experience something you'll never experience again in your life. If you can't be there for whatever reason, infirmary, family crisis, whatever, live streaming, okay, get the as well as get the previous DVDs. But the bottom line is Steve has assembled the most amazing people for this, for Branson 2019. And um, with that, I'm just going to stand back. I'm going to hand it over to Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com, a guy, by the way, not decades, but a quarter of a century ahead of his time. And I'm just going to hand it over to him. Steve, go for it, my brother. Well, thank you, Doug. And what a joy it is to be able to announce that Mike Adams will be one of the keynote speakers on Friday night at Branson. Mike contacted me. And it's interesting because we both come at the changing of the planet and the intentional destruction of the planet from uh, external forces, and in my case, fallen angels, and Mike's case, exobiotic entities. But the thing is, is that, ladies and gentlemen, all of it makes sense. So I'm going to tell you that Mike Adams, the health ranger, has the, basically the Rosetta Stone to understanding what's going on in the food, all of the wacky weather. The whole manipulated realm of our existence is for your demise. And Mike has spent his life, he's a scientist, he absolutely knows what he's talking about, but uh, he joins the ranks, and I'm privileged to be in those ranks, of uh, being the most censored guys on the Internet. So, Mike, thank you for coming on. By the way, thanks for being one of the speakers. And, you know, you use the word terror, terraforming. I use the word terror-forming. Go ahead, sir. And, again, thanks for coming on today. Well, well, thank you for having me on. I'm I'm really humbled to be a speaker at your event. I mean, it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to present this really bombshell information to the public. And also, uh, Doug, to be on your show is is quite an honor. I'm a longtime listener to your work, and you have done amazing journalism over the years. And in fact, you know, all of us we are the we are the the guardians of humanity in a very real sense in terms of teaching people what's uh, what's coming and what's important. So I'll, I'll get right into it, but I just wanted to say thank you to well, both of well, you. Well, thank you. And, and Mike, before we get uh, started here, please give out your website where people can go to find your excellent work, although it's on the uh, it should be on the screen. But go ahead and give out your website. Sure. Naturalnews.com is our primary site. But we also built a YouTube alternative, a video community called Brighteon.com. And it's spelled like the word bright. E-O-N, like brighteon.com. And it's, it's got thousands of users, hundreds of thousands of videos, and it, it is really taking off now. So we're going to be if, hopping if on. If you listen out there. Yeah. I'm sorry? We're, we're going to be hopping on uh, to the extent you'll have us. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because everybody's being censored. You know, Vimeo has started banning channels for D.A.R.E. discussing vaccine ingredients. You know, you, know, you know the deal with all the censorship, but it's, they're censoring anti-cancer channels now. If you talk about cancer-curing food, you are now censored. Uh, Wall Street Journal did a hit piece on a guy named Chris Wark. He's known as Chris Beat Cancer, by the way, simply because he overcame cancer without using chemotherapy. I mean, think about where we are. The Wall Street Journal attacks people for teaching nutrition and healthy eating. That's the world we live in now. And it's just the tip of the iceberg, as I'll get into here. So, uh, uh, Steve, you want me to jump into some of the terraforming? 
Yeah, I do, Mike. And again, uh, when you need a break, uh, I'll speak up, but brother, go for it, because this is the most critical issue of our time. And this is why it's so critical that Mike was appearing at Branson, because every, there's everybody that's going to be there from alien specialists to paranormal investigators, flying saucer, reverse engineering experts. But the big picture is what Mike's going to present. So go ahead and go for it. We don't need, you don't need to hand it back to me or Doug until, you know, you need a break or need something, but go for it, sir. Okay, well, feel free to jump in or, or, or pose a question or a comment at any time as well, but I'll, I'll give the audience kind of a preview of what I'm going to be speaking about at the upcoming conference in, in Branson. And it's the most detailed presentation I've ever put together. I've got a graphic artist team putting together the slides and the charts to go with this presentation. And I'll also be giving a download link to every attendee and every person who buys the live streaming will get a download link to download these notes uh, for themselves. So I want to make sure everybody gets not just the lecture, but you know, you can do your own research and I'll give you some places to, to start. But you know, I came at this from really a science angle. I run a science lab. We do analytical testing of food and water and even human hair. We have multiple mass spec instruments. The lab is called cwclabs.com. I just mentioned that so you can pull it up if you want to. It's not like we really sell much in, in terms of services to the public or anything. We do this to test all our own products in-house you know, before we sell them. We, we, we find so much contamination of glyphosate weed killer and toxic heavy metals, cadmium in cow nibs, things you wouldn't believe, pesticides in resveratrol, for example. So we, we do all our own internal testing. And as, as part of this, I have two chemists on staff and one day we were talking about this, this climate change push about stratospheric aerosol injection, which is geoengineering or chemtrails. And you've seen, I think, it's, I think John Brennan did a piece on C-SPAN talking about how this stratospheric aerosol injection was going to save our world because they would dim the sun. So you're talking about putting pollution into the atmosphere, sulfur dioxide, which we would typically call smog. And it really struck me that why would scientists want to pollute our atmosphere? Why would scientists want to dim the sun? And immediately I started put, putting the pieces of the puzzle together to say, look, photosynthesis is what drives all life on our planet. So photosynthesis is the process by which plants create energy. And that's what grows your food. And that's what creates oxygen. You know, plants off-gas oxygen. And photosynthesis has just three inputs, just three, and I'll mention them here. But the globalists are at war with two out of those three. And those three inputs are solar radiation, i.e. sunlight. The second one is carbon dioxide. And the third input is water. And with just those three inputs, plants produce plant stems and leaves and seeds and flowers and pollen and support the pollinators. They, they grow food. You know, they create fatty acids in almonds and avocados, for example. And they also produce oxygen that we need to live. And the oxygen levels are dropping in the atmosphere, by the way, slowly over time. They're about 20% right now. But if they get much lower, humanity will asphyxiate. And I started putting the pieces of this puzzle together, realizing that if you, if you block just 1% of the sunlight, you would turn many areas of the world into deserts, areas that are currently grasslands. You would destroy rainforests, many of them, certainly on the margins. You would plummet food production 
especially in marginal third world nations where food production is just barely getting by, where they need every little bit of solar radiation for their plants. They need every bit of carbon dioxide for their plants. And if you, if you start to shut down these inputs, then you start to cause a global food collapse, which would result in mass starvation, social unrest, geopolitical upheaval, civil war, everything that goes with scarcity of food, which causes mass chaos in every society throughout history. And think about it, the climate change pushers, they want to dim the sun and they want to shut down CO2. Under Barack Obama, the EPA declared e, uh, CO2 to be a pollutant. Carbon dioxide is the greening molecule for our world. More CO2 means greener plants. It means more food production. It means more flowers in the rainforest. Carbon dioxide is the miracle molecule of life. You know how they say there's a God particle in physics? If you could name a God molecule for life on Earth, it would be carbon dioxide. That's how important it is. And every media outlet, every mainstream scientist, every politician like Al Gore is out there saying we have to get rid of carbon dioxide and they've declared a war on carbon. Well, a war on carbon, listen closely, <clears throat> excuse me, a war on carbon is a war on humanity because humans are carbon-based life forms. Everything that's alive on our planet is a carbon-based life form. So a war on carbon is a war on life on our planet. And once you realize that, it is inevitable to conclude that the primary influences of our media and the science establishment and all these politicians out there pushing this, the primary influences are non-human. In other words, they are preparing Earth for what I call the post-human era. Terraforming is underway. And the goal of the terraforming is to dim the sun, lower oxygen concentrations in the atmosphere, collapse Earth's food webs, and make Earth a colder, more frozen planet. Think about the climate change pushers. They always say the enemy is warming. They say the enemy is more liquid water. They don't want liquid water. They don't want the oceans to rise. What do they want? Frozen, a frozen planet. They want a new ice age to spread ice across the northern regions of most of the continents that we know around the world, certainly North America, Europe, and so on. And this is a plan to turn Earth into a dead, frozen planet to kind of reboot the life on Earth, to get rid of humans and to get rid of the native life forms as much as possible so the planet can be reseeded, repopulated, recolonized with a life form that obviously comes from a place with a dimmer sun, with lower oxygen concentrations, with less carbon dioxide, and a place that is much colder. Which, by the way, describes a planet like Mars. It doesn't have to be Mars in particular, but it describes a planet that is farther from the sun, that has all of these characteristics. And so this realization is driven home every time you hear climate change advocates talking about how they want to save the planet. They're not lying. They do want to save the planet, not for us. They want to save the planet for a post-human era. And when they push climate change, they're not lying either. They do want to change the climate. 
They're changing the climate right now. Terraforming is under, underway. It is advocated by all these scientists. And unless we stand up and stop this, Earth will be made largely uninhabitable by human beings. So you know, that's Mike, the let summer. Me yes, let me interrupt something here. We, we are carboniferous life forms, to quote a Star Trek statement. We're obviously God created us out of the dirt. But here's what's interesting. Everything that's headed to AI, artificial intelligence, is silicon-based, i.e. transistors, i.e. every, every, if you will, higher form. Isn't it interesting that a synthetic life form and synthetic reasoning and synthetic uh, uh, ideals, and I'm saying those are alien to us, and I mean literally alien, but isn't it interesting that Jesus said, and, and he did. If he didn't shorten the days for the elect's sake, there'd be no flesh left alive. So you have the, the war of silicon-based entities against carbon-based created people and animals and stuff. And isn't it interesting when you describe the cold planet, most of the exobiologists and astrobiologists I'm talking to, they're all looking for the coldest places like EO and Titan, the moon of Saturn, that's where they're looking for life forms. But those life forms, are they, they, they look at a bacteriological or a kind of a, a prehistoric virus. They're not. These are intelligent. We're not talking about bacteria getting it on with a protozoan and producing a, a, you know, a multicellular organism. We're talking about entities, evil entities that have only the destruction of mankind and God's total creation. God created everything, saw as good. The uh, devil and his fallen angels hate that, and so that's the, the, the take on, you know, why it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, for what Mike is saying. When I first contacted him, I'm going to give it right back to you, I said, Michael, this was the missing uh, part that we needed, and lo and behold, now it's there. And so I want everyone to pay attention to what you're saying, because when I first brought the attention of chemtrails to people, I, I discussed, again, the global dimming and all that stuff, and I said, believe me, these dimwits want you dead. And I'm, do you find, even with now in your presentation, that, Mike, you pour your heart out, you pour your money, your research, do you think, if you were to give Doug and I, for instance, and the, and the listeners, what percent of people, knowing what you know, knowing what you present, would you, would you say are starting to understand? My guess would be a very small percentage. Go ahead. It is. It's a very small percentage, but it's increasing. And, and surely m most people living today are not living in the real world at all. They, they're living in an artificial construct based on silicon, like you said. They're living on Facebook. That's their world. That's their reality. It's an artificial construct. They're living in the matrix. And, but what I found interesting about what you just said, Steve, is that humanity's conquering wasn't really made possible until the rise of the age of silicon. Because it's only as humanity has now surrendered its consciousness to these tech systems where people, you know, they, they live on, they use Google for all knowledge now. They don't have a memory of anything. They, they, tell, they ask Google to tell them what to think. They use Facebook for their reality. They, they use Twitter to uh, pretend to be someone that they're not. People have surrendered everything to Silicon and then by the centralized control systems of the tech giants, humanity is able to be controlled. And it's only by this that you could convince an entire world that warming is bad, that liquid water is bad, and frozen water, which kills plants, by the way, is good. And you think about th these climate change pushers, they're all talking about how we need more ice, right? I mean, it's blatant. They, they, 
they decry all oh, the icebergs are melting oh my gosh this is liquid water is horrible they're insane frozen water is death liquid water warmth is life and co2 is called the greenhouse gas because it's used in greenhouses to grow plants there are you know orchid growers and all kinds of greenhouse operators they buy carbon dioxide generators because the plants run out of co2 and they need more CO2 to flourish. And so a CO2 generator, by the way, is usually just piping in propane. And, and the propane is just, you know, essentially burned or uh, converted to release carbon dioxide. And then the plants love it. That's why it's called the greenhouse gas. The thing that strikes me, Steve, is how the evidence of this is all out in the open. And yet 99% of the population has been fooled into thinking that warmth is bad that the sun is bad, that rainfall is bad, <laughs> so, and that rising ocean levels is bad. You know, the ocean levels right now are too low compared to where they have been in the past. You go back to the age of the, of the dinosaurs, you know, 66 million years ago, according to mainstream science, right? If you want to quote mainstream science. Well, even mainstream scientists said, that the earth was lush and warm and full of rainforests and it was a beautiful utopia. Well, guess what? According to them, the oceans were hundreds of feet higher. So you have these people come along today and say, no, we have to have uh, uh, death and, and no, no carbon dioxide and, and, and ice everywhere. Like They're describing the ice planet Hoth from The Empire Strikes Back. And I don't remember seeing any jungles in The Empire Strikes Back on that planet. <laughs> so that's where we are right now, Steve. Well, I think, and, and I think, Doug, feel free to chime in on this. The substitution of virtual reality, and, and I would say this, uh, present death, virtual reality in my equation makes present death, is the divorcing of the human mind from any form of rational or cognitive thinking. And so what we've got now, we've got a nation, actually a world, if you take all the Facebook, and I call that Faces of Death, by the way, Michael, (laughs) but the Faces of Death book, you have people that have to be told everything. And now healthy food, and and address that, because the poisoning of our food, the the synthetic uh, nature of what's going on, all of the, uh, if you will, the attempt to rob mankind, carboniferous life forms, from obviously carbon dioxide, photosynthesis, and what God created for us for good, now basically we're eating monster mush. And I mean that, monster mush. Today's technology, tomorrow's monsters, garbage in, garbage out. But will you address the coming famine? Because these people, you know, they're on record. You know, wasn't Kissinger said with food we control people, deciding who lives, who dies? Address that for a little bit, because I think people have got to understand that. We are what we eat, and if we, you know what, uh, that's their attitude to how they treat us. Yeah, well, there are, you're absolutely right, Steve, There, there are many vectors for eliminating human populations, and there are really two approaches, the slow kill method and the fast kill. And I cover both of these, by the way, in, in the presentation in Branson coming up. So slow kill methods focus on infertility, and this is where Bill Gates has put a lot of his money, is in infertility technologies. But infertility is also caused from hormone disruptors in the plastics that are in the food supply. And I don't know if you've been watching this in the news. I, I think I've seen some headlines on your site, Steve. Microplastics are now everywhere in the food chain. So even if you're not eating out of a plastic tub, 
there's there are microplastics in your meal. In fact, there are microplastics in bottled water, and these microplastic plastics cause hormone disruption, and they contain hormone mimickers, you know, BPA and and many other things, estrogen mimickers, and so on. And so the rise of transgenderism and gender fluidity, as it's called, uh, I call it gender insanity, uh, you know, across the culture is a result of mass chemical contamination. I'm hearing uh, someone's breath in, in the phone there. But the, the mass exposure of the population literally does alter the uh, physical expression of hormones and genetics, and it can turn males into females. And that's not just an Alex Jones meme where he was screaming, turn the freaking frogs gay. Turns out Alex Jones was right. Atrazine, which is the second most common weed killer chemical in the food supply, atrazine is well documented as a chemical castrator. And it's documented to turn amphibians essentially gay, basically to cause uh, the expression of dual sex organs in male amphibians. It's widely known. It's well documented in the research. But your average leftist or your average fake news reporter on CNN will come on and they will mock that and say, oh, you're claiming juice boxes will turn frogs gay or whatever. Well, guess what? If you look at the science, chemicals do have an effect. And we're seeing this rise of gender, you know, gender confusion and gender insanity. Now that, so that's a slow kill vector. And of course, it's amplified by the culture where you have the media come on and say, uh, yeah, it's great to have 10-year-old uh, gay, gender, transgender uh, boys dancing in gay bars in New York. You know, good morning, America, favorite guest, right? That's what we saw. The insanity is pushed by culture and media because it's about the destruction of sexual reproduction. Sexual reproduction is the basis of the continuation of life on our planet. It's not just humans, of course. You look around nature. You know, you go to all the animals that are even mentioned in the Bible, loaded onto the ark. All the animals out in the fields right now, today. I live on a ranch in Texas. I observe nature. Guess what? It's all sexual reproduction. Sexual reproduction requires a male and a female. And without that, your species ends in literally one generation. And this is what the globalists are trying to push now, to say that there's no such thing as a biological man or a biological woman, or that you can change your biology, or even worse, you should, I, I apologize for the, the brazenness of this, but they're saying you should cut off your, your reproductive organs and be gender neutral so you don't offend anyone. This is the new push. And it's all part of the slow kill. Mike, it's about, let me ask you, if I can interject something here. This is Doug Hagman. Um, to, to me, this is the most abhorrent, perverse, evil crap I've ever heard in terms of um, the, these, these Muppets out there that, you know, actually uh, perpetuating the, the fact that you need to cut off your dangling participle in order to become, you know, the, the, this, right. this the, whatever. <laughs> okay. But, but let me ask, let me ask this. How in the hell can these, these, these idiots deny science there's only two genders, folks. You either got the plumbing that shows or you don't, okay? It's simple as that. You're either a, a male or a female. Two genders, right? Um, do I have that? Is that right, Mike? I mean, or is that sexist? Yeah, two sexes or two? Okay. Only two genders. You All right. got it. All right. I just want to make sure now. So people <laughs> go out there, deny science, and say, oh, no, you know, that, that that's not. Yet they will push the scientific uh, – 
uh, crap about uh, this, you know the global warming and stuff. Okay, I, uh, they're denying science. Uh, help me I think out. What they're, hey, Doug and yeah. Mike, I think what the the bigger point here is the end of sexual reproduction, biblical sexual reproduction. When the introduction of sex robots, and I dealt with that, Mike, years ago in a book called Genetic Armageddon, Today's Technology, Tomorrow's Monsters. Well, uh-huh. now we've got today's monsters, and it was yesterday's technology. But what's fascinating to me is you're watching this happen in real time in, in Japan. Japan is literally dying. They have lost their ability to reproduce. Even yes. in white Russia, that's meaning the Christian Russia, uh, you know, the, the Caucasian part of Russia, even Vladimir Putin recognized that, you know, uh, what, about 10, whatever, 10 years, 5, 10 years ago, when he was encouraging people, you know, to basically go out and make babies. But the problem is, and here's where it comes to Doug politics and Mike, the world of Islam, which basically is procreating at a, at a beyond uh, necessary rate, they, they said, they said, our women's wombs will become the vehicle of the West destruction. And Mike, what you're telling us and Doug is that people don't understand their own destruction. I used to say dumb unto death, but now I should change it to uh, participating in your own annihilation. Your thoughts yes. on that? Because sex robots are designed to do the same thing. And also, I'm on record as saying, with the ability to instantaneously now define DNA, it becomes the perfect uh, uh, techno-assassin or robotic assassin, you know. So we're, we're watching the total twisting of every boundary, every normal realm. The word normal, remember, to these people who are, are uh, forgive me, to these uh Entities who are controlling the puppet people, they don't understand they're participating in their own death. So that's why Branson is so critical because it's already happening. And, you know, with the uh, all of the, uh, let's say, pronouncements from the U.S. Navy and showing uh, spacecraft that, you know, everybody sees in the sky, but they deny. But, Mike, what's your – tell people how you came to the conclusion – if you will, that there is a supernatural evil intelligence, non-human entity, let's just call it that, that is absolutely telling people what they're going to do, and then the people are openly embracing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and part of this goes back to one of Doug's uh, questions or comments that that I think segues into that. Let me answer that. I think if you, if you look at the research over many many generations that's been pushed by the Rockefellers and globalists, a lot of their research into social engineering has discovered two very important things about controlling humanity. Those two things are number one, neuroplasticity, which means the ability of the brain to be reprogrammed, literally reprogrammed to accept any reality as true. So that's that's one. And then the second thing is social conformity where people desire to be socially accepted to such a degree that they will literally participate in a suicide cult. They will destroy themselves in order to be accepted by their peers who are also engaged in that same suicide. These two factors have been very aggressively exploited by the globalists. Uh, So first, neuroplasticity. What it means is 
the, the survival of the human species and you know the ingenuity, the entrepreneurship is amazing. It's one of our greatest traits. We have a, a physical brain and a non-physical spirit and a soul. And these two things interface in a way that can learn new things, discover new things, create new things, and overcome obstacles that we've never seen before and none of our ancestors have ever seen before. So we can reprogram ourselves to overcome and adapt and survive. That has been exploited by the globalists through media programming and through uh, tech giants' censorship and social programming. Now, to convince people that a fake reality is real, i.e. there are 7,000 genders, and that the real world is fake, i.e. there are no longer any such thing as chromosomes and biology. So, so the neuroplasticity has been weaponized against us. In other words, one of the greatest features of humankind has now been turned as a weapon against us for our self-destruction. The second thing is the social, the, the peer pressure, the, the, the desire to conform. The connectivity that was created by Facebook and, and the Internet has now amplified people's need to conform. And it has created irrational waves of fanaticism, of left-wing radicalism. And this is exacerbated by the fact that conservative voices are censored on Twitter and all these other, you know, conserv or, I'm sorry, tech giant platforms, leaving only the radical left to continue to amplify its own insanity. So you see this insanity ripple through like waves, and most people are participating as virtue signalers, where they are they don't necessarily even believe anything themselves. They're just signaling to all their friends that, yes, I want to belong. Please love me, accept me, embrace me as part of your group because you're the popular group. Right? That's what we're looking at on a global scale. But the substance of what these groups believe is insanity. It is delusion. Transgenderism is the perfect example of it, but you could also cite the dis disastrous economic policies of Democrats and the collapse of their cities like Seattle and Portland and San Francisco. Now even Austin, Texas has become a homeless, destitute wasteland uh, devolving into a third world status. I've, I was there a couple of days ago and I saw some of it myself. It's astonishing what has happened as liberals are in charge. But those two things, to answer your question, Steve, I think those two things are now they've been weaponized against humanity to convince humanity of almost anything, including mass suicide. And remember that Star Trek episode where they did a war simulation? And if you were killed in the war simulation, you were supposed to report to the euthanasia chamber. Remember that episode? I don't. A, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's, it's worth revisiting. Uh, I it's do. A, it was a great episode. Yeah. yeah, you do, Doug? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, so that's what we have today, where people have been convinced that they have to kill themselves, or they have to participate in the destruction of humanity in order to be socially accepted. And that, to them, is more important than survival. And a lot of them, frankly, just haven't thought through any of this, so they're just going along with the sheeple rushing off the cliff. But the bottom line is, most of humanity has become a suicide cult. The few survivors who really represent the future of humankind are all being censored and silenced, but we're the ones who have the answers for how we can make it through this. But frankly, the masses won't probably make it through much more. They're, they're going to kill themselves. Bottom, <laughs> they're of, the hour, for bottom it. of the hour, just uh, uh, ID. Folks, you're listening to Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com. 
Mike Adams, naturalnews.com. That's naturalnews.com. Also, brighteon.com. Links to all of the websites of both guests will be in the program description box available at hagmanreportlive.com. I want to thank both for their gracious gift of time. Steve, go ahead. Well, first of all, again, we want to invite everybody. Well, we still have a couple hundred uh, registration slots to come in here. The fact that we're having the uh, assemblage of the different people from, uh, and these are the top of the line experts, uh, including Mike Adams, we're going to see at Branson this year, I think, a quantum change in thinking. It's, I, I believe, literally the light switch is going to go on for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, Doug, this thing will be streamed worldwide. And I still get feedback of people like in the outback of Australia or in Siberia that are watching last year's conference and saying thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, go to Gen6, G-E-N-S-I-X dot com, and sign up. And I, I, this will be, I, I don't think it will be repeated in this form or fashion because it's, things are speeding out of control. And the idea is this, is that knowledge, if you don't think knowledge is power, Look at the people that control the knowledge on the planet and see the power they possess. You know, it's kind of interesting, Mike, because people always rail, you know, uh, on, a quote, alternate news, but then they live in such a bubble, and they'll be the first ones to complain. Like, for instance, when the Ridgecrest earthquake goes and the supervolcano, which just came out underneath, is now active, well, they don't anticipate what they can't uh, relate to on a daily basis. So forward thinking has been uh, robbed from uh, the generation that should be concerned. And you just said something about Austin. I just got a, I've got a friend there, Ross. He said, Steve, I contracted, he lives in Austin or was there, contracted some kind of a, a viral pneumonia. And he said, you know, I mean, he's in good shape. He's a physically fit guy. So now what they're doing to Austin, is it, and I don't know Texas that well, but Mike, is that the most liberal place in Texas? Yes, yes. Uh, Austin is a city of liberals surrounded by reality. And okay. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, yeah. And l ladies and gentlemen, that might be true of uh, Branson, a reality, uh, uh, how should I say this, a reality check, because when you've got the Catholic Church and when you've got all the people becoming buddy-buddy for a new world order, a one-world leader, a global consciousness, and they're already talking. Uh, yesterday, they, they're now throwing around a, a great word that, um, you know, I don't think it's a great word, but they're using it, a ubiquitous undertaking unparalleled that means it's everywhere it's the left and it's also a supernaturally evil attempt at omniscience so you know when everybody's plugging in or they have alexa or whatever those idiot boxes are understand you and and you know my favorite statement in the borg from star trek is you will be assimilated my statement yes. is you have been assimilated you know <laughs> kill the uh kill Facebook, kill Twitter before they kill you. And by the way, all the words of kill, murder, rape, mayhem are all coming from the left. And when Ilhan Omar, you know, uh, the, um, uh, how should I say this, the existential entity that would be hard to place in the human chain, in my opinion, is talking about the only thing that's going to save this country, which he loves more than we Americans, is locking up all the white guys. That's what she said, locking up all the white guys. She's one of okay, the well, four horsewomen of the apocalypse, by the way. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and I would say I, I would say quote, this, in my yeah. opinion, 
the horse's rear of a pack of lies, the apocalypse and the pack of lies. So go ahead, Michael. And again, I just want everyone to go gen6.com and absolutely register. If you can't be there for whatever reason, then simply sign up for live streaming. And I'll be quiet. Michael, take it. Well, no, not at all. I, I really enjoy this discussion, but you you reminded me of something. Elon Musk has just announced neural implant technology and, of course, is touting how this is going to transform humanity to have all these microscopic wires implanted into your brain. And he says that it will then communicate with your phone via Bluetooth. Now, your phone, of course, is controlled by who? Either Google or Apple. So, in other words, your brain will be directly controlled by Google or Apple. This is the holy grail of what they've been looking what for. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, right. What, what could possibly go wrong? So that's, that's one thing, and we might want to talk more about that. But the second thing that's, that's noteworthy that's coming out of the news is the World Health Organization is panicking over another outbreak of Ebola in Africa. Now, these happen from time to time, but what most people don't know, although I know both of you guys do, is that Africa is the laboratory for bioweapons. So the U.S. military and other countries, militaries, have labs in Africa, and that's, that's how the United States gets around the, the treaty that disallows research into you know, bioweapons. So they just do it in Africa. And from time to time, then, re they release one of these engineered bioweapons into an isolated tribe. And then they can study the effects of the transmissibility, uh, how many days for the payload delivery, you know, what, whatever the virus is designed to do, Africa is always the testing ground. And this new outbreak has hit a population center now in Africa. I don't recall which city it is, but the WHO is freaking out about it. Bioweapons. Yeah, GOMA or okay. something. Okay, yes. So this will be, if you look at all the ways, you know, we talked about soft kill technologies for humanity, infertility. But hard kill technologies will be th that all comes down to bioweapons so when when the globalists are ready to pull the trigger and wipe out 30 to 90 percent of the population the hard kill method to do that will not be a giant global nuclear holocaust for the reason that they they do not want to destroy the environment for the post-human era because post-human occupation they don't want a radioactive world but Bioweapons can be engineered to target humans. In fact, they can be engineered to target specific races of humans. So there can be a eugenics bioweapons release. And the advantage to the globalists is, of course, that bioweapons can't be traced to their source of origin. So if someone launches a nuke, you know who launched it, right? We've got satellites. We've got tracking of trajectories and everything. You know who launched it. But if a nation launches a bioweapon and releases it in, let's say, 10 major airports, you know, call it London Heathrow and JFK, New York, whatever. Pick 10 airports. You, they release it. It's like a 12-monkey movie scenario now. No one can trace it. And from the point of view of the globalists, it has the advantage of being self-replicating. So a chemical weapon or a nuclear weapon detonates once and then it dissipates. But, of course, a biological weapon continues to self-replicate. And if it's engineered correctly, some people will be symptomless carriers, which means they will never show symptoms of the disease, but they can continue to spread it to others. In fact, I did an article on this. There's scientific proof that there are people in Africa 
who have uh, immunity to Ebola, and they become symptomless carriers of Ebola. And Ebola can continue to exist in their systems, in their blood, in their body fluids, even sperm and other fluids, uh, for many, many years. And this has been proven. Uh, this is not even a, it's not a controversial statement. So there are symptomless carriers. In fact, there are, there are uh, survival advantages in the genetics and the blood of Africans that actually helps them survive Ebola infections compared to Caucasians who are actually more vulnerable to Ebola if they contract it. That's, that's another fact a lot of people don't know. Um, but in any case, the, the hard kill vectors can include 5G, they can include uh, bioweapons, and they can include contamination of the food supply. But Mike, so if I can, if I can that, ask you a question, yes. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. When, when oh, people talk, you know, people talk about 5G, and I, Steve, I know you know this, but people will hear this and say, well, how in the world is 5G going to kill me? I mean, isn't this some sort of uh, improvement over what we have? In kind of a Cliff Notes version, can you tell people why 5G is bad? Yeah, well, one of the main reasons is the 5G antennas can be, uh, they are narrowly targeted, a very narrow beam at your device. So that's the advantage of 5G from the point of view of the telecom industry, is they're called phase array antennas. And so they, they're like a, like a Rubik's Cube, a very tiny millimeter antenna that can be electronically controlled to generate a, an electromagnetic beam in a very specific direction. So what they do is, is they actually track you around the city, and they, they're beaming invisible beams at your head if you're holding up a phone to your head. Now, what they can do simultaneously, this telecom system can be weaponized to project these beams at individuals for purposes of causing cancer instead of just handling their bandwidth. So a typical person might be walking around a city, sleeping in their apartment, let's say at night. They're not on their cell phone. There's no 5G beam at their head while they're sleeping. That's a normal situation. But someone who is an enemy of the state, the state gets their cell phone number, then that they have an ID in the telecom system. What they can do is they can direct, let's say, 20 5G antennas at that person's head all night long while they're sleeping. They can essentially give them cancer and they might only have weeks or months to live depending on their biology. And it can all be done silently with no record that it ever happened. So right. and, it, it's an and, assassination. And let me interject something, Doug and Mike. The announcement that the Pentagon now has basically a weaponized form that can be targeted against individual heartbeat, I think that was the giveaway. And pun intended, but that's the heart of uh, soft kill. In other words, just as each, one, each human being has its own thermal signature, one of the martial artists years ago I interviewed, Mike, when I started on talk radio, Frank Dukes, the secret man, told me then that under Bill Casey, they could basically uh, use their satellite sensing and pick out any single individual in a stadium of 50,000 people. But yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that's a pretty – uh, paramount situation when they're saying that they can, and, and they said target an individual. Well, you only use targets for one reason, obviously. You either neutralize them or you kill them. So what was your response, Mike, when you saw that story the other day, that now they've got, in essence, uh, you're just a beat a heart, your heart, you're just a heartbeat away from someone blowing you away? 
Well, my, my initial thought was, you know how there are ways to bypass uh, facial recognition. And that's going to be a very important skill for survivors, by the way, to be able to paint your face or wear a disguise that can fool those systems. But if they can track your heartbeat, that's how do you, you know, how do you get by that? What do you do? Run up and down stairs? Um, <laughs> yep. it, it, it can be done. And immediately, it's funny you would say that, Doug, you know me pretty well. I, I, and Mike, the deal is that was my first thought instantly. Oh, I know how to get around it, and I'm not going to say it on the air, but, you know, let's just say this. Anything, anything, here's what I've learned. For every measure, there's a countermeasure. For every countermeasure, someone's trying to counter your counter. But if you think it and you keep it simple, you know, hey, tape recorders work fine. And not only that, but when I say uh, different, like, uh, frequency generators would really screw that up. So there yeah. are ways. And then so, you know, when you and I see each other, we'll compare notes. But the point being is that uh, the targeting, and, and I don't think people understand this, every single aspect of humanity, this is my last statement because you've got to go in a few, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, but every single aspect of humanity and original creation by the living God is targeted for death and destruction in their mindsets, is it not? That's right. This is a war on life as we know it, and this this brings in the the demonic side or the satanic side because, as we all know very well, there are so many people now. Tip, they tend to be on the radical left, who are literal uh, Satan worshippers or demon worshippers. They they welcome demonic energy into their souls, and they begin. Sometimes they even look like demons on the outside and and act to act like demons as well. They do body modifications to look like demons. And so ultimately this comes down to a war of one faction is anti-life and the other faction is pro-life. And I don't mean just abortion. I mean pro-all life, pro-God-given life in our universe. So the anti-life faction is about destroying everything, destroying the food supply, destroying fertility, destroying knowledge. And that's why Google has aligned itself with the anti-life faction. It's about destroying your access to knowledge and destroying all knowledge that contradicts the fake matrix that they're trying to push on everybody. And then you have the, the pro-life side, the warriors for life. You know, like you, Doug, and, and Steve, and myself, and others, we are fighting for the protection and the sustainability of life as we know it, which not only includes human life, but our world our plant life, our, the animals, the ecosystem, and the very existence of, of God, which we honor every day in everything we do. We're fighting as warriors for God and, and his vision of what life and, and creativity is supposed to be in the universe. You know, we're just foot soldiers, really. But that's the war that's being waged. And I've come to the conclusion that 90% of humanity will not survive this war because they refuse to join the side of life. They either are uninterested in anything that we're talking about, and they're going about their lives not realizing they're committing slow suicide, or they're, they've actively joined the anti-life factions, which you see represented in people like Ilhan Omar and AOC, who, who tried to push this, you know, what, the Green New Deal, which would collapse the food supply in America. If you can't if you can't run diesel-powered uh, tractors and, and food combines, 
you don't harvest food and you have widespread starvation. In fact, a lot of this ends up in starvation. I've, I've gone through this. I've you know, sort of wargamed many, many scenarios in this. You'd be amazed how many scenarios end up in starvation and a power grid failure. And a power grid failure, of course, means mass death in the cities, which are artificial constructs that actually are good metaphors for the artificial worlds that these people have created for themselves. But the average person who lives in Los Angeles today, let's say the real inner city of L.A., without electricity or water, they're dead in five days. You know, They're dead. They don't even realize that. They're living, they're playing roulette with their lives, and they have no idea. They're oblivious to the real world around them. But these are just some thoughts about, about what's coming. I know we'll, we can talk about much more in the future, and I'll be presenting a whole lot more in Branson. But I've got about five minutes here. Is there anything else, uh, Steve or Doug, you, you want me to answer? Real quick, Doug, Mike, obviously, what was the key point? And real, I know you've got five minutes in, in the whole deal, but what was the key point? What was, it, was there one thing that made it click that you saw the presence of fallen angels, aliens, demons, the satanic embrace of death? The, was it one thing? Uh, was there an actual on switch? Because you know a lot of stuff, and you've warned about a lot of stuff, written about a lot of stuff. But was there a turning point when you finally – see, because people are asking me, even guys that listen to you, well, why is this important to me? Why is this important? I mean, what turned you to recognizing importance? Because that's what this conference, Answering the Alien questions, is all about. Great what question. What was it well, that it, turned it was, it, was a, it was a realization that, that all the, the whole terraforming that's being pushed by scientists is not an accident. It, it, for me, it was a realization that these people are not making a mistake – when they push for polluting the atmosphere, dimming the sun, you know, shutting down CO2, that all these things have one thing in common, a non-Earth life form, that, that they're changing the planet deliberately to something that will not be inhabitable by us, but will be perfect for some other uh, civilization or some other life forms that, that came from different, different environmental circumstances. You know, it's a big cosmos out there. <laughs> it's a big universe. And before this, Steve, I never talked about uh, ETs or anything like that. It just wasn't my focus. But I, when, I, when this realization hit me that our planet is being engineered deliberately and aggressively for a post-human era, then I couldn't ignore it anymore. And then all of a sudden, a lot of other things started to click into place like uh, uh, Element 115, and uh, propulsion systems, exotic technologies, you know, all these other topics that suddenly make sense. Or why, why would, as some people say, why would uh, visitors and observers, you know, extraterrestrial observers, why would they uh, nullify nuclear missiles that had been launched? Because they don't want this planet to be irradiated. The planet is what's valuable. Humans have zero value to them. But the planet is a strategic resource. I even mapped out the position of our Milky Way galaxy uh, in, well, I'm sorry, our solar system within the galaxy and then the position of our galaxy within all the other observable galaxies. And guess what? Earth has a strategic location. I'm, I'll be presenting maps at the event in Branson. Earth has a strategic location that is actually very rare even among the billions of other galaxies in the cosmos. There's something special about our real estate location from a cosmic point of view. So 
we have value, not we, not humans, to them, but our planet has value. And so they don't want the planet destroyed. They just don't want us on it. That simple. That, that is the ultimate statement. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike will be the keynote speaker on Friday night. Gary Stearman, the keynote speaker on Saturday night. And then everybody else, when I say keynote, those are the night talks. But everybody else has 90 minutes uh, to basically present you some of the most compelling evidence. And, you know, one of the things, Doug, that's been astonishing to me is talking about aliens and fallen angels, the sexual corruption of the human race. You know, even the corruption of the human race started with sex, the fallen angels have having sex, and now we're right back to sex, where sex is a big deal, but human biological reproduction is now taboo, and everything, including, uh, don't kid yourself, bestiality, one of the biggest growing uh, sexual perversions in the world, and I think it's Germany and Switzerland that lead the world in that, isn't that interesting? So ladies and gentlemen, when you come to Branson this year, sign up. Go to Gensix, G-E-N-S-I-X dot com. Look at the speakers, and I can promise you this. There is nothing like it. Alien Con, uh, all of uh, Comic Con, all that. That's, that's a whole different genre. These are legitimate people, and most of us are, you know, I think I, you may be one of the youngest guys, Mike, but everybody there is, has gotten their battle wings pretty much, uh, you know, uh, tested in the fight. So, Mike Adams, thank you so much. NaturalHealthNews.com. NaturalNews.com. Natural News. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And thanks for, I was going to say, thank you for what you do with health news to tell people what we can do to, you know, try and break their death grip on us. Absolutely. No, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. Thank you both for having me uh, on I can, today. I love can, yeah, I can't wait, to shake, can't wait to shake your hand uh, in Branson, Missouri. Uh, Mike, I know you got to go. God bless you. Thank you so very much for your gracious gift of time. Uh, the uh, archive will be both up. Also, well. like, all right. Bless you, brother. All right. All right. Take care. Steve, um, in, in the closing How long moments, do we have, Doug? Um, we got about, what have we got here? We got about uh, three and a half minutes. Okay, well, what I want to draw everyone's attention to is the late Chuck Misser, probably one of the finest Bible teachers so far ahead of his time, Gary Cole, who will be one of the speakers at Branson, one of the mystery speakers, I'm telling now, one of the mysteries, but he just put together a tremendous documentary film. The trailer's up on my website. It's, you know, you go over to the right side of my website, stevequail.com. I'd encourage everybody to watch the trailer because Gary was the last guy to be able to film Dr. Chuck Missler for hours on end about Bible prophecy, about technology. And then uh, I get to be blessed to chime in on some of the areas that were kind of my area of expertise. But it's going to be one of the most provocative DVDs. And when you see the quality of production, I think, uh, you know, a man's gift makes way for him. Gary Cole is probably one of the most talented men I've ever met in my life. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he's a, he's a concert pianist. And the soundtrack for the Chuck Missler DVD is an original soundtrack written by a composer named Greg Sims performed by the Czech, Prague Czechoslovakia Symphony that did the Star Wars theme and it's a 70 piece uh, orchestrated soundtrack that's just mind blowing and so I want everybody if they could to take a look at that trailer because it's important you understand 
that I and I told Gary Cole this, and I'll say it: most people, when they pass into eternity, they leave a legacy. And that legacy lives on. A good example is Derek Prince and some of those guys. And and I said to Gary, I said, Chuck Missler's legacy will affect more people now that he's gone to be with the Lord Jesus than it ever did when he was alive. He was too far ahead of his time. And the content of what Dr. Chuck Missler was teaching, it was it was understood by some, but it will be mandatory for all who want to live in the coming years ahead. So it basically, it's uh, it's out there. It's the uh, distant thunders based on the seven thunders in the book of Revelation. But it's very, very scientific, but showing the science behind the prophecies. And once you get a feel for the trailer, I mean, Doug, this is one of the fastest moving things I've ever been involved with. So you know, screen, kudos folks. to Gary Cole. Yeah, and folks, uh, if you're looking, it's on the screen right there the link will be right below it uh the distant thunders and i've got to tell you from what i heard ooh, it'll knock your socks off it, steve it's it's th- this is incredible 57 days actually to branson missouri and i'm excited for this and you put together one heck of a oh man a one heck of a uh what do you what would you call it a roster of speakers and and i don't think there's yeah, any- but, e- but even more than that the hand of the lord and i'm really saying this with 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 a, an amazement when mike emailed me i didn't email him and uh, you know obviously i've known him i read his stuff i post his stuff but talking about terraforming and again i call terraforming terraforming what mike just told you ladies and gentlemen in 2005 and 2006 i was briefed by multiple four-star generals over almost word for word and he doesn't know that i mean i think you know he will at branson but here's what i'm saying that's been 15 years ago doug when all that stuff was going on in my life and what i'm saying now is so much of branson what's coming up you know this September 13th through the 15th in Branson at the mansion, this will be a seminal event for understanding the unfolding alien deception that's coming, the poisoning of the planet. We're being terraformed, and all human beings are targeted for destruction. And that's the wonder of the words of Jesus when he said, if he didn't shorten the days for the elect's sake, his followers, there'd be no flesh left alive. Believe me, carbon's better than silicon. Amen to that. I could say something there, but I I won't. But go ahead. You know, I could almost read your mind. Uh, With that, uh, Steve, we're at the end of the show. Uh, I want to say God bless you. Uh, And by the way, we're looking forward to having dinner with the uh, uh, campaign we had earlier this year. Um, We'll be talking more about that tomorrow. God bless you, Steve. Thank you so very much. Thanks, and a special thanks to Mike Adams, ladies and gentlemen. In my opinion, and I know a lot of bright people, uh, he is in a class of his own. Amen to that. And I mean that, yep. genuinely. And Goodbye, everybody. As you God are. bless. All right. God bless. Good night. Folks, that'll do it. Be back tomorrow with uh, video full on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. God bless.